the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It's Ed Martin. It's the Pro-America Report. Great to be with you. Hey, um, thank you for listening. Let me give a shout out to Woody Woodrum, my friend Woody Woodrum out there. Uh, he and his wife, Donna, live right down there in the heart of uh, San Diego. He is the uh, head of the uh, Screaming Eagles, California Screaming Eagles. He's a phenomenal guy, and I uh, was thinking of him because he's doing a lot of great work. So, uh, Woody, if you're listening, I know you text me a lot. Uh, you know, thank you for everything you're doing, and people should uh, go and check out the work he's doing at CaliforniaScreamingEagles.org, CaliforniaScreamingEagles.org, or just go to um, ProAmericaReport.com and check in there. You can email me there. You can uh, you can um, uh, uh, sign up for my daily email and, and get in touch. Ca- uh, excuse me, ProAmericaReport.com. Go there and check it out. All right, great to be with you. Hey, I want to tell you, you know, it's very cool. If you're not going to ProAmericaReport.com, uh, excuse, yeah, ProAmericaReport.com or my Twitter feed at Eagle Ed Martin or over on Facebook at Ed Martin Live, you're missing cool segments. You know, uh, Noah, my technical director, we, should, we, we, should, we recorded a segment yesterday about Rush Limbaugh. Now, there's nobody in talk radio that knows anything, that doesn't appreciate Rush Limbaugh's talent, what he's done, and his um, incredible longevity. I mean, he's been at it for 30-plus years. So I recorded this segment. I I mentioned on the show yesterday that um, the Limbaugh family is a famous, famous legal family, lawyers in Missouri, southeast Missouri, down in Cape Girardeau, the so-called Boot Heel, wonderful town. Cape Girardeau is a beautiful city right on the Mississippi River, just an extraordinary historic town, uh, and they're a great family. Uh, Rush's brother is a hotshot lawyer, David, his cousin Steve Limbaugh, other cousin Andy, all sorts of cousins, and, and they're all really great. They're, they're hotshot lawyers and judges and all, but the father, Rush's father was a Rush Limbaugh also, famous lawyer. I mean, famous, practicing law into his, late, into his late 80s, early 90s, extraordinary, and and uh, anyway, so I did a little piece, a little segment yesterday. You, you, I hope you heard it. It was the last segment of the show. And you can, again, you can go to uh, ProAmericaReport.com and listen. But I, I got it as a standalone, too. I put it up in social media, other places. And I sent it over to David Limbaugh. And he and Steve Limbaugh, the judge, and they, they both enjoyed it. They're friends of mine. And then they sent it on to Rush, who's battling this cancer. And he loved it. So my point is, you know, the stuff we're doing together on the show here, it's very cool. It's very important. Thank you for listening and passing it on. But, you know, that passing it on is really valuable. So do me a favor. You know, pass on to other people what we're doing on the show, the information, get them linked in because we're building a we're building a, a community here, whether it's the Woody Woodrums of the world at California Screaming Eagles dot com and his work fighting for conservatives and good causes in California or, you know, our, our own uh, radio station right here. You know, the the answer San Diego a voice. It's a voice. For people that want to get to the truth, because you can't listen, you can't pay attention to CNN. We'll talk about that in a minute. You can't pay attention to MSNBC. You can't even actually pay attention to Fox without driving yourself into like a silo of, of a certain view. So the answer, that's why the answer exists. And Steve Brodsky and his team work so hard for us t- to have this uh, voice. So great to have you. Thanks for being here. All right. What do you need to know? What do you need to know today? First of all, I want to remind you that you should be, if you will, renewing 
and rejuvenating and restoring and what's another reword uh, redoing no uh, and re whatever re everything the pledge of allegiance. I want to continue to tell you how important the pledge of allegiance is as a knitting together exercise that we do. It holds us together. When you pledge allegiance to the flag, it's awesome. I start every periscope. If you listen to my periscopes, I started with a pledge. And I noticed uh, an article on some left-wing site where some left-wing professor, of course, he's a tenured professor at uh, some Mississippi school and grew up there. And he's everything's wrong with America, you know, and all that. Although he's a tenured professor, African-American, tenured professor. He made a pretty darn good living, probably better living than you and I'll make with tenure. And he's complaining about the flag. But the context he complained about it was he referenced the pledge the pledge of allegiance very important for knitting us together so stick to it if you haven't said it recently say it uh, pass it on to other people and you'll enjoy it it's a great pledge it's a great set of words 31 words takes about 20 seconds no matter how slow you say it and you'll you won't regret it so stick to the pledge that's one thing all right but what you need to know today and i i talked about this on the periscope at eagle ed martin and it's this what you need to know is things are looking up in the face, I mentioned earlier, I, today I watched two hours, almost two hours of CNN, MSNBC, Fox, One America News, a little bit of CNBC, but mostly, frankly, CNN, MSNBC, Fox, bouncing, 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 clicking on the thing, boom, 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 boom. You lose your mind. If you watch those stations and don't realize that these people are absolutely positively selling you a viewpoint, they're shaping what you see and hear. So that what you know and believe is something that you shouldn't know and believe. And then it becomes what you do and how you feel. It's an unbelievable set of, of, of the power. They have power to get people to see and hear images and sounds and arguments and constructs. You see and hear it. And you say, well, that, that's, that's, that's what I now know. That's what I know. And that's what I believe. And, and you feel about it. And then you feel and do things that are not right, not good, not healthy. So I watched two hours so you wouldn't have to. Don't do it. And here's what I came away thinking. These people want to make me feel bad about everything. They want to make me feel bad about America, about myself, about that. And here's my message to you. This is it. What you need to know. Things are looking up, 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 man. And here's what I mean. Two factors. The virus, the Wuhan virus, we're winning. Doesn't mean some people aren't sick. Doesn't mean we're not going to have a second wave, whatever. But we now know how to make sure that we can protect ourselves, protect the, the weak, protect those that have comorbidities, all that stuff. If you get sick, we'll work on it. Turns out that the two studies about hydroxychloroquine and zinc thrown out, the Lancet and uh, the New, New England Journal of Medicine threw both of the studies that were supposed to say it was a terrible idea, and they, they don't know. I think it looks like it probably has a prophylactic effect for some people, maybe. I mean, it, it doesn't have a bad effect no matter what. But my point here is we're getting this thing figured out. And here's my best test on this. I was telling this to Noah off the air, my, the technical director of this great show. And I said to Noah, three weeks ago, not three days ago, not three minutes ago, three weeks ago, Hundreds and hundreds of people went out and partied at a series of bars and restaurants in the Lake of the Ozarks, this really cool set of lakes. It was created in the 1930s, the WPA projects, and one of these lakes, you know, put in a huge dams and dammed up awesome lake system, incredible. And all these people got, it's called Party Cove. They went down and had a big party. And it was three weeks ago when I was like, whoa, what's that about? The cameras covered it. CNN covered it like, ah, 
people are going to die. Fox covered it like, whoa, people are choosing half-naked partying instead of dying, or they're going to die. Turns out one person had the Wuhan virus at the thing, at this event, three weeks ago, and was at four different bars. They tracked his things. No one else got sick. Now, and, and you've seen for 12 days, 14 days, I don't know, close to two weeks, people have been gathering and protesting slash rioting in places like Minneapolis and D.C. Where's the uptick? Now, I think let's stay calm. I think what I, what I want to say is we're winning because we figured out how to handle this. Probably the summer helps. Probably outdoors helps. Probably the sunlight helps. Probably or maybe the virus is losing steam. But here's the thing we know. I found out for the first time, I found out that I know someone who died from this. It was a friend of my wife and mine, that their brother. Oh, their brother. One guy, the, the husband of this couple we know, his brother died. Except that the qualifier was he lived in the Philippines, American. Uh, he lived in the Philippines, traveled to, to, to China, and spent a lot of his life, in fact, in fact, part of his life, in a wheelchair because of rheumatoid arthritis. Now, rheumatoid arthritis is an autoimmune disease. And that if you're sick, if you have an autoimmune disease... Any really bad bug, virus, flu, or anything will be really hard. My point is this. Things are looking up because we have the thing under control. We're still going to have loss of life. We're still going to have some people that are damaged for the rest of their lives. We're going to have to adjust to this. It's not going to be simple. But we got to figure it out now. Which brings me to the second point. Do you realize how strong the economy is? Wall Street's up. Unemployment's going the right direction. Still a lot too many unemployed. We're going to get there. But the consumer confidence, small business confidence, pent up cash. The future is looking hot, hot, hot in terms of development, in terms of what's happening. It's phenomenal. And the thing, the biggest thing you need to know when you realize things are looking up is you got to drag yourself away from the TV and other people away from the TV and focus on the positive and what's happening. I've told you before, what you believe, what you say and believe becomes what you know and do. And we are headed into an unbelievably positive time. Forget the TV. Forget the doomsdayers. Embrace the actual facts and the reality of where we've come in just weeks. And understand that direction, we can sustain it and make it better every day. That's what's going on. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, I think today we got the great David Horowitz also. We'll talk to David Horowitz and also a new guest, Jana Bianco, in just a few minutes. We'll be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Be back in a minute. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Welcome back. It's Ed Martin here on a Pro-America Report and our old friend David Horowitz, who, of course, is the best-selling author of the new book, Blitz, uh, How Trump Will Smash the Left and Win, which is available everywhere they sell books uh, under the sun. And I think I can't, I lost count, uh, David. It's like your 842nd book. You, you seem to be one of the more prolific, but of course, also... This is probably the best political book I've written. It's, oh, real? Wow. It's a, That's... Guide, it's a guide to the war. That was declared on Trump before he was elected. And the series of hoaxes, I get to mention the coronavirus. The first hoax, of course, was the Russia hoax. Um, Basically, it was a coup d'etat. It's the first time we've had an attempt by a major party to overthrow a president since Abraham Lincoln. Um, so it's really about the civil war that we're in. Then they took the coronavirus and tried to blame it on Trump when it's Democrat governors that run the health systems in their states and, and 
like Cuomo sent uh, COVID patients into nursing homes to kill 6,000 grandmas and grandpas. And now we have the Ray folks. Uh, there's nothing... Uh, if you look at this, what's happened, what happened in Minneapolis, the police chief is black, the attorney general is black, everybody with any influence over the police department is a Democrat. Why aren't they dem- demonstrating against the, the DNC headquarters? Why are they demonstrating against the White House? It's because it's not about race. It's about getting rid of Trump uh, again. And it's about... It, is uh, a left which hates America, um, which wants to portray us as a racist country, the least racist big country in the world. Um, it's just crazy. Ten million arrests last year, 19 whites, unarmed whites killed by police, nine blacks. Whites are twice as likely to be killed by police as blacks. Uh, the whole thing is... And, and everybody... I, taking a need for Al Sharpton, the biggest racist in America. I mean, it's just ridiculous. It is. Uh, we're talking with David Horowitz, and, and let me say the book again, Blitz, uh, Trump Will Smash the Left and Win by David Horowitz, available wherever books are sold, and of course, frontpage.com. Uh, David, I want to ask you about the tactic, though. You know, when you see um, when you see uh, in the streets, let's say there's 10,000 people, and you look and you say, you know, 9,000 of them are sort of, um, you know, for lack of a better phrase, kind of uh, unwitting dupes. You know, they're young people, and they think it's great. To, they're, you know, they've not been well-trained. They're young. There's young and Dumb. But the thousand of them, 10% or whatever, are leftists who are organizing to destroy institutions, yeah, right? I mean, you, 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 you've. Wait, that, you're right. Yeah. But it's worse than that. Because Black Lives Matter is an organization created and run by three pro Castro communists, like self described as Marxists. And pro-terrorists, they made a pilgrimage to the West Bank to meet with uh, Palestinian terrorists. Uh, and their right. agenda is to disarm the police just the way the left's agenda. It's been the left's agenda for 50 years. Disarm the, the military and disarm the police. Um, you, you know, a, a, a police officer is 18 times more likely to be killed by a black criminal than a black is by a police officer. That's the reality. That's why the cops are a little trigger-happy sometimes. Bad things happen, but what's going on here is a travesty. We we have a movement that's uh, allegedly about civil rights, led by uh, Jew-hating, America-hating race, white-hating racists, Sal Sharpton. It's gross. Uh, we're talking with uh, David. Is yeah, David. Um, but how do? You, what do you do about it? What is the best? What is the best thing? What is well, the best thing the for regular thing people to do about it? Stop being afraid of being called a racist. Look in your heart. If you're not a racist, speak up. And when you see black racists, call them that. You know, when you see attacks, right. I mean, like. The Breonna Taylor case, she's one of the martyrs. She was an innocent woman. They they had a no-knock warrant to police to go into what they thought was a drug house. Um, may not have been, who knows? 
and her boyfriend saw these intruders and fired at the police and wounded one, and they returned the fire, and this innocent woman was killed. It had nothing to do with race. It has to do with criminality. <clears throat> we they, we the, don't um, even know what the color of the police officers were. There's four people indicted for the murder of uh, George Phillips. Two of them are Asian and black. Who knows what race, role race played in that? But it's made into this melodrama so they can indict white America. And Al Sharpton could talk about 400 years of slavery. What baloney. That takes you back to 1619. It wasn't even in America then. It was an English colony. And the blacks who were brought to Virginia weren't slaves. Slavery was illegal in Virginia at the time. They were indentured servants, which is quite different. So, so this is just used to smear America. And I think, uh, you, you know, the, my book is called Trump Will Smash the Left and Win. Blitz, Trump Will Smash the Left and Win. Well, because Americans want to be safe. And they know that Trump, he secured the borders. Democrats are open borders, letting the criminals in the, you know, letting viruses for that matter. Um, and all these big city mayors are responsible for the mayhem. These left-wing mayors, many of them black, but some of them like the one in Minneapolis, that chick is white, who hate America. And they want right. to wreck it. right. Yeah. All right, David, I got to run, unfortunately. David Horowitz, the book, again, is called Blitz. Trump will smash the left and win. Available everywhere you get books, also on Kindle. Thanks very much, David. Appreciate it. Thank you, Ed. All right, we'll be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Be back in a moment. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Welcome back. It's Ed Martin here in the Pro-America Report. You know, we've been talking a lot, of course, for months and really more like years about the question of China. And I've called it a second Cold War with China. I've called it that for months now. And you'll see, you notice that either one of two things is happening. Either uh, the Wall Street Journal seems to be running uh, uh, op-eds of people disputing that we should have a Cold War with China and others that are acknowledging it. But I came across my desk, and this was a fascinating uh, topic I thought we should talk about. Our next guest is uh, John Bianco, and she's the president of the American Bondholders Foundation, and she's been all over. I saw I saw her on Neil Cavuto's show, uh, and she. But she's talking about the fact that there is a ton. That's uh, not a technical term, but there's a lot of uh, Chinese bonds that President Trump could use as leverage. So, we're, well, welcome, uh, Jana, to the program. First of all, how are you today? Uh, thank you for having me, Ed. Uh, appreciate being on. I'm doing well. Thank you. Good. So tell me, what is it? What first of all, what is the American Bondholders Foundation, and then what is? Explain to our listeners what what bonds are, how they fit together, and where we are, and then we can move into this question of what China owes the American uh, people. Well, the American Bondholders Foundation was created in two thousand and one. Um, it represents uh, over twenty thousand U.S. citizens in forty six states holding defaulted sovereign debt owed them by the People's Republic of China. Just as our U.S. government issues treasuries, Great Britain issues treasuries, uh, France, China issued treasuries 
to build their infrastructure, to build the country they have today, to cover their overhead and expenditures that American people invested in, sold off of Wall Street, and China refuses to pay it back to the American people, even though they paid Great Britain in 1987. So, but could you, could you, um, could, I mean, is it as simple as saying, hey, we want this? And if it is, why doesn't somebody do it? I mean, you know what I mean? Like what, it seems so obvious. Is there something we're missing in, in, um, in, in, in the calculation? Well, what we're missing is the U.S. government telling China, you have to pay your debt, just like the Iron Lady herself, Margaret Thatcher, did. You see, um, uh, former uh, administrations from Obama to Bush to Clinton's, um, they were all very heavily supported by Wall Street and corporate America. If you go back to 1979, during the Foreign Claims Settlement Commission that Henry Kissinger, then Secretary of State, negotiated um, to settle expropriated properties and issues with China, um, the bonds became an issue, the defaulted sovereign bonds that China owes. But Henry Kissinger said, look, we're not going to make you pay them today. We're not going to let you repudiate the debt. We're not going to forgive the debt. We'll just make you have to settle up and make the bondholders deal direct with you. So they set the bonds aside. In settling that 79 Foreign Claims Settlement Commission uh, agreement, what it did was open and normalize trade with China because Wall Street, corporate America, anxious to get in bed with the Chinese people. And, of course, we've seen today where that took us. Um, but they wanted that cheap labor. They wanted to do business in China. So that's how all our factories got moved over there. They wanted to be able to start selling uh, more uh, bonds from their state-owned enterprises, trading them on Wall Street to unwitting investors all across this country. Um, and that was the normalization of trade that has brought us to today. Um, the U.S. government has never said to China, you have to pay this debt. The U.S. Treasury admits these are legitimate, credible bonds, no different than a U.S. Treasury. Um, and as we know, governments issue long-term debt, 30, 40, 50. In fact, China is now issuing 100-year bonds overseas. Um, but China refuses to pay it. And no administration until President Donald J. Trump, as we have seen, has stood up to China and said, and, and to quote the president, we expect reciprocity. Americans pay their bills. China needs to do the same. So it's truly that simple. China just doesn't want to have to pay it because they've never been told they have to pay their debts. As Margaret Thatcher said, you want to trade on our market? You want to take investments from our people? Start paying the ones that you already owe that are in default. Up until now, the U.S. government has never done that. Who owns the uh, who is holding the bonds like who right now could is it the is it the U.S. government that's holding the bonds or is it institutional investors or who's who's actually got the, the, the physical no, I don't know if it's physical, but who has the ownership right of them? Um, individual citizens in the United States hold these bonds. They have came together jointly, collectively, under the American mm. Bondholders Foundation. Uh, we do have physical custody of them. Um, and um, uh, so they've come together as a group, over 20,000 in 46 states, seeking the U.S. government's assistance um, to tell China, you got to pay your bills, you got to pay your debts. 
if they if the government doesn't if the U.S. government doesn't force them to do it, can you go? Is there any mechanism that you can go to? Uh, I, you know, I don't know. You know I, I know that the big the big shift that I always bemoan was I always I remember CEOs telling me that once the uh, Chinese got a most favored nation or full uh, membership in the WTO, you found yourself in this sort of labyrinth of uh, bureauc- bureaucracy if you had a fight with China. So is there a, a place where you could go to sue or to enforce them? Well, there has been lawsuits against China, um, specifically on bonds, um, some of the very same bonds we hold, actually, because there's a multiple uh, uh, variation of issues, right? Um, there was a uh-huh. lawsuit, Jackson versus PRC, went all the way to the highest court. Judgment was granted in favor of the plaintiffs, saying the PRC clearly owes this debt. Um, when the plaintiffs moved uh, to seize assets, to satisfy that judgment, the U.S. State Department stepped in um, under Secretary Schultz and said, wait a minute, we don't want to disrupt trade relations and all the business that Wall Street and corporate America, the globalists, the elitists are doing. Um, so let's have that case set aside, not based on the merits of the case, but let's grant foreign sovereign immunity for China in U.S. courts um, to protect uh, our, our Chinese counterparts. So to sue them doesn't do any good Uh, unless you have an administration that's going to stand up against China, Um, uh, which finally, under Donald J. Trump, that's what we've seen. We've seen that with trade. Uh, We've seen that now uh, with his executive orders last week saying, look, China, you don't even comply uh, with Sarbanes-Oxley or Dodd-Frank. You don't comply with any SEC rules and regulations that every American business and the rest of the world have to comply with. Um, And so the Senate, which took them 10 years um, to even get it to the floor for a vote, um, just passed a couple of weeks ago uh, legislation to hold China accountable to abide by the very same rules that the rest of the world abides by. But they gave them three years, three years to comply. You and I both know and the American people know no business in America or around the world would be given three years to comply with the books and audits mandated by the Securities and Exchange Commission to to protect investors. Um, Donald J. Trump said, no, they don't get three years. They're going to get 60 days. So he just issued that executive order to hold China accountable. Bottom line, China needs to play by the same rules that the rest of the world plays by. We Americans pay our bills. We pay our taxes. Those taxes go to pay interest payments at the tune of $72 million a day uh, to China for the treasuries they hold. What we've asked the U.S. administration to do is take in our bonds and use them to reduce our debt and to pay China with their very own paper, saving the American taxpayer $72 million a day. And let's start getting back some of the $5 trillion in losses of intellectual property theft, not to mention the trillions of dollars uh, uh, that have we have lost as a result of their, their intentional Wuhan virus um, that has attacked the world. Uh, uh, and and the tragic loss of life and and, and businesses that we have seen. So what we have proposed is for the U.S. government to step in and intervene and hold China accountable to play by the same rules. We don't need new legislation. We don't need laws. We just need the current ones upheld and enforced. And until Donald J. Trump came to office, nobody was willing to do that. 
Does the um, does the is what's the what is the who are the institutional resistors? In other words, I know China doesn't want to pay, but who what American, uh, you know, is it the Treasury Department that doesn't want to have to rock the boat? Is it the Wall Street that likes the dynamic they have? (laughs) Of course, Secretary Mnuchin never wants to rock the boat with China. I mean, just look at his history and his past. That guy made all of his money selling movies in China and getting them financed by China. Um, But at the end of the day, nobody wants to yank the dragon's tail. Um, You've got Goldman Sachs. You've got Morgan Stanley. I mean, they're one of the worst. Uh, J.P. Morgan. You've got over 2,000 state-owned enterprise businesses uh, between Wall Street and all of our indexes that China's trading on, taking tens and tens of billions of dollars from unknowing investors all across this country, from pensions, 401ks, et cetera, um, uh, that – you know, these people don't even know they're investing in China. Those monies go to build up the South China Seas um, and, and their military against our own military. Thank God for Donald Trump. He just blocked um, even our federal employees funds, uh, 10 percent of it from going uh, to China. So it, it's time to take a stand against China and say enough's enough. But but you've got. Uh, all of these Wall Street firms, corporate America, that sold out the middle class uh, uh, America. I mean, ABF doesn't represent any banks or financial institutions. This is the heart and soul of the American people all across this country. These are individuals that have, in good faith, uh, paid their money to support uh, uh, China that needs to be brought back to America. Hmm. Well, and where can people go to find out more about uh, this? Uh, tell us your website and what they can do to track this uh, this important issue, Jonna. Our website is uh, AmericanBondholdersFoundation.com. You can reach us on Twitter okay. at ABFUSA or Facebook at ABF Bondholders. But we need to send a message uh, and support Donald Trump as he's trying to hold China accountable for the American people. Get our, our manufacturing brought back. Get our pharmaceuticals brought back. Um, and start taking, of, of, uh, uh, taking care first of the American people. Well, I think you're right. Okay, great. Thanks. Thanks very much. And we'll put track this and keep us on your email list. Again, it's uh, important. It's the American Bondholders Foundation. Very interesting issue. Uh, www.americanbondholdersfoundation.com. Thanks for the time, John. I appreciate it very much. Thank you so much. Have a blessed day. You too. We'll take a quick break and be right back. It's Ed Martin here on a Pro-America Report. Be back in a minute. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report. A daily look at the significant issues of our time from an experienced conservative perspective. Sponsored by Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, this broadcast continues the legacy of Phyllis Schlafly and stands against forces that mock traditional values, slander America, and redefine the family. Now the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin. During a debate with Phyllis Schlafly on Good Morning America in 1976, Betty Friedan said, What I can't stand is the hypocrisy of one who takes advantage of rights and opportunities and is enjoying equality and then uses the very advantages to argue against equality. Friedan didn't really find inconsistency in Phyllis's logic. Phyllis Schlafly mobilized a national grassroots campaign against a constitutional amendment, but she didn't do it on her own. She called on other women to join with her. Telling women not just to stay home is what made Phyllis so effective. Of course, Phyllis didn't forsake her family to lead this movement either. Many people forget that although Phyllis looked attractive, young, and vibrant during the ERA years, she was actually 47 years old when she launched the movement. Her six children ranged in age from 7 to 22 years old. 
As her children were less at home and more away at college, Phyllis intentionally scheduled her ERA travels around visits to her children. Sometimes she'd bring her children with her on her travels. Of course, Betty Friedan didn't seem to care that Phyllis's daughter Liza was in the room when she threatened to burn Phyllis at the stake, but let's leave that for another day. Another interesting tidbit from the life of Phyllis Schlafly is that she never took a paycheck for her lobbying work. It was all volunteering on the side as far as Phyllis was concerned, no different than any other homemaker who might volunteer at their church or in their local schools. Phyllis didn't consider herself to be a career woman. Phyllis Schlafly was no hypocrite. She reached her full potential and encouraged every woman to do the same. And Phyllis acknowledged the important work being done by homemakers, but she reveled in the freedom every American woman had to embark on a career before, during, or after raising her children, if that's what she wanted to do. With laws in all 50 states mandating that a husband support his wife, that wife had the comfort to take a job or take up any number of hobbies, like sports, reading, music, sewing, or launching a national political movement. Phyllis Schlafly believes strongly that to the determined American woman, anything is possible. Thanks for listening to the Phyllis Schlafly Report. You'll be glad to know the legacy of Phyllis Schlafly continues. Upheld by Ed Martin, president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, chairman Helen Marie Taylor, treasurer John Schlafly, a full staff in St. Louis in our nation's capital, and thousands of citizen volunteers, her eagles, across the country. You can be part of that legacy at phyllisschlafly.com. That's phyllisschlafly.com. Welcome back. Ed Martin here in the Pro-America Report. Great to be with you. And, you know, that was a very interesting interview. I, I had that referred to me. I had that interview referred to me, uh, this uh, Jana Bianco, uh, the president of the American Bondholders Foundation. So, and and let me I, let me clarify. I was just let her. I let her talk a lot, but clarify for you. Th- that's individual citizens. It's not a bank. That's not the federal government. There's there's just billions of dollars of bonds that are held by individuals who bought bonds. They're Chinese bonds, and they can't get them paid off. China's just ignoring them. So again, what I love about this is you know what America never does not pay our bonds. You know why? Because if you don't pay your bonds, you get a reputation. You're like a you're like a uh, uh, like a banana republic. You know, like some you know kind of tin cup nation in Latin America that doesn't pay their debts. So America, we have bonds. If you get an American bond, it's you can take it to the bank. It, it may fluctuate in value based on how what you get it at the rate of return and all. So here's the thing: even on the bonds, China cheats. Even on the pieces of paper that they sell that says, we owe you for this, they cheat. So, you know, we've been talking about this for a couple of months, and I've been using the phrase second Cold War. And what I wanted to bring up to you was, you know, I mentioned that in the last month, the Wall Street Journal has had two different pieces, one on the editorial page, meaning signed by uh, unsigned, but but written by the editorial page, you know, the editorial board itself, and another one uh, by Richard Haas. Actually, uh, I take it back. Let me clarify. Two pieces, one by Richard Haas, the head of the Council for Foreign Relations, who's a sort of left of center leaning uh, foreign uh, relations uh, professional, sort of of the swamp and the, and the bureaucracy of that type. And then one by Robert Zellick, who was a George W. Bush trade representative, so representing that wing of the Republican Party. 
both of those authors in the Wall Street Journal's uh, pages, in both the paper copy as well as online, because I get the paper copy at home every day, the Wall Street Journal, which is a really valuable thing to do, by the way, to get myself and the kids reading the paper, my wife and I. But both of those gentlemen very pointedly said, no, 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 no. Don't, 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 don't think that there's a, uh, don't, don't, don't get excited about a second Cold War. Oh, no, 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 no. Don't do that because we don't want a second Cold War. Oh, no, no, no. Second Cold War. No, 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 no. China's a good group of people. China's a, China's a nice group of people. China's a nice, they're the communist regime, but yeah, you know, they're okay. Nonsense. Nonsense. Well, here I'm, I'm heartened by this. Just in the last couple of days, I think uh, Monday, Monday they ran a piece in the Wall Street Journal, could have even been over, yeah, it was Monday, uh, by Mike Gallagher, former congressman, who's kind of an up-and-coming rising star. He's a young guy. He's a, he represents uh, Wisconsin's 8th Congressional District, but he's probably about 40, maybe 42, and he has uh, he's just been a rocket ship up. He served in the military. He's got a Ph.D., he's, uh, and he's written on this subject before, and he says... No, it's a second Cold War. He, he, he says, don't, don't let the, um, don't let the uh, uh, Chinese and others, wink, wink, nod, nod, Zolik and, uh, and also uh, Richard Haas, don't let them tell you it's not. Don't let them tell you. Don't fall into that trap. And here's what he harkens back to, which is my point exactly. The reason why the second Cold War is a helpful framework the problem of China it is it's easy. And, and I'm doing a webinar. I'm, I'm, t- I'm doing a weekly webinar starting next week, I think, on China, where I take up different t- topics and aspects of how the communist regime is cheating us. They cheat us on intellectual property. They cheat us on jobs. They cheat us on environmental affairs because they poison the weather. They're much worse than anybody else. They cheat us on fentanyl, which kills the American people. They cheat us on our bonds. They cheat, they cheat, they cheat. They, the Wuhan virus, they cheat. And we can say, well, but we, we, we don't make a deal. We'll, we'll get along with them eventually. I mean, they're good people. It's a big market. We could trade in the market. What Mike Gallagher says, Congressman Gallagher says, is no, and and he points to this, and I'll I'll underscore it. The second world, second Cold War framing works because it's not the Chinese that are the problem, just like it wasn't the Russians that were the problem. It's the communism that they've embraced as their system of living together. Because if you're a communist, if you are a full-blown communist, this was David Horowitz's comment earlier in the show. If you are willing to be a communist and embrace what communism means, then you do not share a compatible system to work with us. So the idea of saying, well, China's got a good market and their leaders are more enlightened. And if we just do a little bit more, it'll bring freedom to their part of the world. Nonsense. You cannot negotiate with a system within a system where, for example, lying is allowed. In America, the reason our Judeo-Christian constitutional republic with a with a, a rule of law works is because generally you're not going to lie to each other because if you lie, you don't stay in business long. You may get in trouble with the law, but you also won't stay in business long. So generally, our system has always fostered this notion of being straight with each other. The Chinese, the communist system, whether it was Soviet or Chinese now, doesn't allow that. So you can't pretend that you've got somebody across the table or across across the dining table, across the negotiating table, across the trade table that is going to play fair and straight. Now, it may still mean that you deal with them. We can't go to, you know, go to war with everybody, at least not at once. But you can understand that at this point, 
we're in a second Cold War because we're losing ground when we lose American lives, when we lose American jobs from our factories, lose American uh, uh, lives from fentanyl, lose American lives from the Wuhan virus, lose American dollars from the, the bonds that they haven't paid off. You get the point. We're, we're, getting, we're getting beaten by people who continue to say, use your system. Your fairness system, America, we'll, we'll, we're, we'll be, we want to embark on that. Meanwhile, they lie about it and cheat about it and, and, and look the other way. It's a rotten deal. And I, I was heartened to see that the Second World, Second Cold War was used on the Wall Street Journal with some, uh, with some at least uh, Mike, Congressman Gallagher used it and it had a prime billing. I'm not sure the Wall Street Journal agrees because a lot of these big business guys aren't paying attention to the geopolitical, not paying attention to the communist role. They just want to see the markets open. They want to see profits increase. They want to see growth in the, in the things that they know, which is business and, and, uh, and commerce. But that's not our job. Our job is to see the whole playing field. And we will. All right, don't forget, ProAmericaReport.com, ProAmericaReport.com. Go there and sign up. Get the uh, Daily Wink, what you need to know, the Daily Wink, what you need to know. Thank you, as always, to Noah for a great job on the show and Joanna for helping book. We'll be back tomorrow night. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro America Report. Talk to you then.